Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Good morning. You guys are right? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Just doing I just, my hat was like, I started squeaking up as you started. So I just, started I grabbed it up. and I like yanked it down. <laughs> and you went, hello, just as I was doing it. Oh. So I thought well, it had sort of an like extra like you, you were raising your eyebrows and it, it made it sort of it just, just squidge up like off the top of your head. doing this. It keeps edging itself upwards. Oh, up my How head. high can it go on your head? Well, it can come off if you want. Well, yeah, I know like, that. I can look like Dappy from N-Dub. Yeah. He's, he's a reliably good man, isn't he? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Just a fine fella. Yeah. So it reminds me of Soldier Boy. I kind of feel like Dappy's going to say that he owns, like, not Atari, but... <laughs> Amstrad. Yeah. Yeah, Amstrad. <laughs> Sega. Out of nowhere. I own Amstrad. Yeah. How are you guys doing? You all right? Yeah. Very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Cold today. It's yeah. Bloody freezing. It's really cold now, but it, it has been cold. I'm not happy about it because no. like, this is the first day where I've been like, oh, we are in winter. Mm. Like it's been kind of a bit chilly, but like mild enough over the last month where I've not felt like winter is coming. Mm. But today when I woke up and I was very cold and yeah. I went outside and I could see my breath, I was like, oh no, it's arrived. To be fair, it's, it's heating on weather. 12th of October at time of recording and mm. until up until the 10th or 11th, there have been some surprisingly mild days, as yeah. you just said. And we've, in a way, we've been gifted some nicer weather than we deserved in October, I would say. Yes, because we didn't get any nice weather all yeah, summer. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, so. that's true. It's yeah. all bunched up at the end. But what's the point of nice weather if you're just going to sit inside and play video games anyway? True. Which, of course, is what we're here to talk about, mm -hmm. video games. Each and every week, we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. They help us keep the lights on in this room. Is Dead Island 2 the spider anywhere? About There's the two day? in the toilet next door again. It's sort of okay. spider season there. now. Yeah, he's there. he's not oh, moved yeah. in months. I don't know if no, he's, he's alive. He's been there for only like a two weeks, I think. Okay. No, he's always up there. I if I gently blew air on him, he would move. He'd wake up. Yeah. Go right. Go, go on. Blow on him. Yeah. Blow that spider. Right. Blow that spider. Blow that spider. Blow that spider. Blow that spider. Oh, he didn't. <laughs> Is he moving? He's moving with the blow. I can't tell the I think he might be moving. Don't touch it. I don't, I'm not going to touch it. I thought you were about to jump up then. It's <laughs> yeah, like you're going to punch him. What are you 
doing? Gonna squish him. I'm Is he moving? See if he's alive. Yes, he's oh, alive. Oh, oh. Yeah, he moved. He did a big move. That was a bit. He's alive and well. Okay, Dead Island Two: The Spider is alive and well. Yeah, in this room. Maybe he was just a bit chilly and he was having a little morning nap. Several months long. Poked him. Blown him and poked him. Yeah, Yeah. there we are. What a way to wake up. Mm. Uh, I've got the ad read in front of me here. Coming soon, brand new video game. We all love the Mario, don't we? Yeah. We love Super Mario. Yeah. The film was great as well. Delightful. The Mushroom Kingdom, etc. The Mushroom Kingdom. <sighs> Regrettably. <laughs> That's how he sounds. That's how he said it. Mario's made a mistake. Oh. Oh. Um, okay. And he's like, this is a game all about sort of his errors and transgressions. It's kind of like oh a quite God. dark dark and gritty reboot right. of Super Mario. Um, and it's called Super Mario's Blunder. Oh no. oh, no. And that's coming soon. And it's just sort of about him trying to find himself and pick himself back up again after. It's all black and white, mm. okay. which I think is a really brave departure from Mario's usual uh, color scheme, which is all the colors. Yeah. It's raining. Mm-hmm. He's it's sort boring. of in a, yeah, he, he's in a, a sit, an urban environment, probably yes. yeah. in a bar that should actually be closed at this time of night, but yeah. for some reason is still open. Luigi's OD'd. Yeah. Oh um, my God. Yeah. It's really dark. Super Mario's Blunder mm. coming wow. soon to Nintendo Switch. Jesus. Except it's not, unfortunately. Oh, okay. It's of course that's good. it's Thank that's God. not real. Super I was really Mario about uh, Luigi. Wonder yeah. is the is the real one. It's, Luigi's it's crippling fine. mushroom addiction. Yeah. Yes. He loves yeah. those psychedelic mushrooms. Mm. Uh, no, we're not sponsored by Super Mario Blunder. We are, of course. Uh, sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. If you support us there, you get access to a whole load of amazing rewards. At the $5 tier, you get flipping loads of stuff, including early access to worst and weirdest games. You get exclusive access to rules boss and main menu. And there's some other stuff as well. You can ask questions on this podcast too. Uh, there's a few other places you can check us out on the internet. Triplejud.mup is our website. There you can find links to our YouTube, our Twitch, our Discord. Our, if you want to get a cameo from us as well, you can do that. Come say hello. The the shop is triplejumpshop.com where you can get these amazing sports time track jackets that Peter and I are wearing today and the hat that Ashton's wearing uh, because it's cold outside it and it was cold. a good choice today. I didn't actually get one of those because I not? I asked for too few of them from oh. the merch man oh. and I decided everybody else should have one. That's very selfless of Thank you, Thank you. I said that so that you could say that. Yeah, you wanted to praise for it. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Fishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what? It didn't actually make me feel any better. Oh. That's a shame. Because that your head still your cold. Still cold. Still cold yeah. and selfish. Cold. So <laughs> uh, patreon.com, excuse me, forward slash team triple jump is where you can go to support us and uh, and get access to all those amazing things. And we really appreciate all of you. A few things out on the channel this week, Ashton Matthews. There is a big old ranked list. These two ranked everyone, not these two. It was done by a writer. Simon. They mm. just they said it. Simon ranked. Um we they've ranked every single Warhammer 40k game. Yes. There are a lot of them. There are a lot. There are 40,000 of them. Oh my loads. God, the yeah. video is 40,000 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It, uh, regrettably, yeah. it is that long. Uh, no, that's that's an exciting one. There's lots of, uh, what are they called? 40K heads, right? Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. not, they're not called that. Warheads. Uh, warheads. Very sour. Uh, we know, hammerheads. We know we've got a lot of hammerheads <laughs> out there in the, in the community. So we hope you enjoy that video. Really interesting walk down video game memory lane. Yeah. We, we mm. do say it very often that these ranked lists, while often contentious because people get cross about where their favorite games of are course. ranked, that's not always necessarily the point because I personally find it really interesting to just see a, a comprehensive cataloging of every single game in a franchise regardless mm. of where they end up being ranked. Well, the one that's being worked on right now, I don't know if you even know which one I'm referring to there. No, it's but, loads. Uh, yeah, I know there is, but uh, the one that's being edited right now 
I don't want to give it away, but it, it also is a franchise similar to Warhammer, I will say, mm. if you think about which ones are uh, on the list, um, that goes back decades. And it's the same same idea. Like, I, you know, I've been reading the script uh, when we were recording it and thinking like, wow, this really goes back a long way. Yeah, to, to the advent of days. gaming. Yeah, like Apple II, Commodore 64, mm. and, and still being made to this day as mm. well, yeah. said franchise. Oh, what could it be? Ooh. You'll find Ooh. out in about five months <laughs> yeah. because we're really far ahead now. <laughs> we're, in, we're in a good groove at the moment. We've got some great ranked lists coming your way. But this week, it was Warhammer 40K. Mm. You can watch that on the channel right now. But that's not all that's come out this week, Peter. No, we also had a worst games ever, Leisure Suit La- Shoot, Leisure <laughs> Shoot Larry, Larry, Box Larry. Office Bust, which, wow, that was a game. Yeah, that's It's really a shame, really, that we didn't one. save it for weirdest games, because Ashton, you would have loved it. I thought oh, you they were weird ones, those I mean, they are. They are, but this one was, was also more, bad. So bad. more bad than weird. And also Very no bad. nipples in this one. Maybe we can play another one in the future that actually has well, nudity. No nipples? No, no nipples. No, there were some penises. There were some willies, yeah. What? You didn't think save them for me. There was no actual nudity in this one, which is strange because mm. you would have thought there were. But the earlier ones, there were there was nudity. So yeah. mm. maybe we'll do one of those for weirdest games. Maybe get the video taken down. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also had an announcement, didn't we? Tomorrow, later Tonight. today. No, yes, later today. What? Oh, I thought it was going out on Friday. No, no. it's going out on Saturday, Saturday night. Right. But we'll talk about it now anyway. Sneak peek for you. The Tatterpeel is now open. Is now open. open. Now. It's open this evening. Now. Well, now. You can send it now if you want to. Yeah. yeah. We are now accepting your tat for this year's Tatterpeel. <laughs> if you are in the position to uh, send us some worst or weirdest games to be featured on those shows or any other nice thing that you'd like to send to us, feel free to do so. Uh, the address is available in the video that goes out tonight. Although if you want to cheat, you can go back and watch the announcement video from last. It's the same same address. address. Uh, So thank you in advance for that. Uh, We we really appreciate it. We know times are tough. It gets, honestly, a little harder every year to say, hey, why not send us some stuff? But we promise to those of you who are cynics that there are a lot of people who really look forward to sending us tags. And they do want us to do it. We get people saying that, when when can I send stuff? Which is very nice. It's lovely. So thank you, everybody. And uh, we hope to uh, unbox all that stuff uh, in at the end of December, 18th of no at the end of November. Sorry, 18th of November is the cutoff for tap, but there will be a grace period after that if uh, things are coming in. You'll see the video. You'll mm-hmm. you'll get. It. We won't stop shouting about it all month anyway. So yeah. there we are. But the tap appeal's open, and that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Should we do question one? Yes, let's. It's from Sputnik who says. Um, Daedalic Daedalic So it's not Daedalic and I've forgotten what it is because I I used to think it was Daedalic and then I checked a video this morning knowing I would have to read this question and it was a staff member from Daedalic 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 I don't know Um, and they said it weirdly and I was like oh and I've forgotten how they said it So Daedalic, we'll say, Entertainment, are back in the news again after a couple of former developers with the company have apparently spilled the beans on what the development of the Lord of the Rings Gollum was really like. The most notable claim uh, that they have made is that the apology that issued... That, that was issued after the game's disastrous launch was written by ChatGPT and posted without the studio's knowledge by the publisher, Nacom. 
Nacom. Nacom. What are your thoughts on this? They're all made up words, so... They are squoogles. What are your thoughts on this development and the seeming disconnection, uh, disconnected relationship between the developer and the publisher? Did you see that there was a spelling error? Yeah, they misspelled the name. I didn't notice that until I read this article and they were like, Lord of the Ring Gollum. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. So I have got uh, a little bit of um, an article here from pressstart.com.au. Oh, crikey. <laughs> <laughs> um, for God's sake. Who say that public apology for Gollum's shamb... Oh, it's loading. Yep. I think it says shambolic. Uh, wait, it's on here. Are you sure it's not pronounced Sh- shamb- shambolic? Shambolic <laughs> release was apparently written by ChatGPT. It's now loaded. This is written by Kieran Verbrugge. Who says, in a fairly damning tell-all interview with German gaming outlet slash YouTube channel Game2, former developers at the Lord of the Rings Gollum studio, Daedalic Entertainment, have made some alarming claims about the production, release, and subsequent fallout of the game. Probably the most notable of these these is the claim that an official apology message that was shared on the game's official social media channels and signed off by the team at Daedalic was in fact written using controversial AI software ChatGPT and was created and posted without the studio's knowledge by publisher Nacon. The apology was written by that was written by an AI is perhaps um, obvious in in highlight. I think that's meant to say hindsight, mm. uh, given it opens with the total misspelling of the game's title as the Lord of the Ring Gollum. Would you like me to read the statement or mm, no? Nah. You can. It's just. It's not that exciting. Other than the so Lord of the sorry, Ring. Sorry, our game We're is bad. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but you can read that yourself. It's all over the all over the news. Yeah. I think uh, this is an interesting um, illustration of something that I'm sure has, you know, it, it's been going on almost as long as game development and game publishing has been a thing. But you just don't necessarily see it. Um, kind of writ large like this like mm. the the idea that sometimes publishers make decisions sort of on behalf of a developer and then the developer is the one who ends up taking a lot of the flack for it um it's easy to sometimes it's easy to distinguish where some of these issues uh, or where the blame lies with certain issues so if a game is technically not very good you can to some extent or other put that on the developer um even though maybe it is publisher pressure who may, made them rush the game out or something like that. Whereas on the other side, if it's some sort of awkward marketing thing that happened, uh, you know, a really like poor taste advert or something, that's more of a publisher issue. And you don't necessarily want to point the blame at the developer. But as we can see here, sometimes decisions are made and things are done uh, that don't necessarily involve one party or the other. But it's easy for... If this... If this um, kind of tell-all hadn't happened, a lot of people would just think, oh, great, okay, well, the developer has put that statement out. I'm not mm. sure how I feel about that. They've been involved in a in an AI, or, you know, if we'd been able to tell without being uh, ha- having this, having had this reveal uh, that they'd been used, uh, they'd used AI to write this uh, apology, it wouldn't look good on the developer. Um, but it's a, it's a publisher thing instead. So I think that it's... Although this is perhaps a, a very stark example of it, it probably has been going on, or it, it, it happens a lot. And uh, it's a shame that these things happen and people sometimes have to take the fall for someone else's mistake. Mm. Um, I, I guess the publisher maybe felt that uh, that that's sort of how they were feeling in, in the same sense, like, oh, a developer has technically made a bad game 
and it probably doesn't look look good on us as a publisher. So we're going to put this statement out. But uh, I don't know. It's all part. You, I just it would be nice if everyone was more professional. You mm. know, mm-hmm. if we yeah. could just communicate with each other and then agree on a statement and put that out together. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or unionize. Or unionize. <laughs> that would be a really good idea. Uh, Ashton. Yes. Um, well, I don't claim to know much about what the relationship between developers and publishers is like. Ninety percent of the time like in every single game because I don't know um however I do feel like in more recent years we've been seeing more kind of like blame pushing between the developers and publishers of games that have come out bad or broken do you remember that game that came out a little while ago that um the dev team said it got taken off steam because they said that the publishers didn't want it to be on steam anymore and the publisher said well actually you backed out of your contract right after we've like put loads of money yeah, into like promoting the game. It was remember. like some like uh, sim game, and uh, the whole conversation was that they blamed the, the devs came out and said the publishers have taken it off Steam. It's not us; it's them. The publishers then came out and said, "Well, you backed out of your contract the second the game was out." Yeah. So we took the game down. Yeah, they off weren't Steam. paying royalties, were they? Or no, something? yeah, they like they said the like they did all cut. of the advertising for it, and then they were like cool, thanks for that. We don't need your help anymore. And mm. then weren't going to give them any of the money from the sales and stuff. So there has been this kind of thing in the past. I think it hasn't been as high profile because it wasn't as big of a flop as Gollum has been. Um, so I think, you know, these devs and publisher teams, I think when a game comes out that's bad, nobody wants to take the blame for it. Nobody wants to accept mm. that it's their fault because it will affect your studio's, like, you know... Um, Reputation. Reputation, thank you. Um, so in my mind, I didn't even think about NACOM when it came to Gollum. I only thought about Daedalic Entertainment because their name's the one that's all over all of the marketing and stuff. However, we find out that NACOM have published their um, trailer way earlier than they were intended to because it wasn't finished gameplay. So they found out that this trailer's gone out and they didn't even know about it. Um so in this point, it's like, whose fault is it really? The developers, they they made a bad game. The publishers saw it was still a bad game and still published it and then went behind their back and put the apology out afterwards. Um, so I don't think anyone's particularly faultless in the whole Gollum situation. But like you say, it'd be nice if everyone's a bit more professional and maybe um, just kind of respected the consumer, really. Mm. That would be nice. Um yeah, I think this whole thing is a big old mess and it's not surprising that Gollum turned out bad when this was the relationship that the developer and publisher mm. had. Yeah. I'm surprised that the pressstart.com forward slash au forward slash crikey article mm. highlighted, said the, the most notable part of this interview when actually that's not true at all. This obviously is kind of shocking and sort of like, well, of course they did this because mm-hmm. it was Gollum. How much worse could it get? Uh, but the the interview actually reveals a great deal of basically just a, the publisher being right bastards, uh, mm-hmm. taking advantage of very young developers who don't know any better, working ridiculous hours. Apparently they had a very low budget for the game, for a game of this size. Uh, so it was basically they were they were battling up, the developers were battling uphill the entire time. And you're yeah. right, they made a bad game. 
but the circumstances for them to make a good game were not necessarily available to them. Mm-hmm. And that's dreadful, obviously. It's it's just a complete mess all around. And as you guys have said, with the publisher just going behind their back at several points and just, just pulling the rug from under them, it just there was just no way this could have ever been good. It just doesn't look like it was possible. But I would lay the blame more at the uh, at the door of, of the publisher than the developer because, yeah, they made a bad game, but it really doesn't sound like they had many other options. Yeah. I don't think they could. Under these circumstances, they probably couldn't, could never have made a good game, or at least to the standards that people would want from a Lord of the Rings game, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, total mess. And uh, I can't remember now. Is, is Dade Lick shut down, I believe? They, yeah, I think they did, so. didn't they, in yeah. the wake of this? I don't know if Nacon's still kicking about. I assume they are. I think but they are. This is a big black mark on their on their name, uh, as far as I'm concerned, at least. And and I hope this this conversation that they had with uh, what's the what was it game two game of, game two uh, yeah. game two on on YouTube. I hope that this uh, that a lot more people hear about kind of how crappy Nacon were in this particular mm. situation. It so makes no you good. wonder. Um, how many times this sort of thing has happened and we've not heard about it so like quite often when a game uh when when some of the blame perhaps lies at the door of the publisher who were kind of rushing something out or you know the budget wasn't there or they were mistreating the developers or whatever um that that does seem to come out often enough and we do hear stories of kind of you know bad practice from a publisher but i bet there are instances where this doesn't happen and uh people are maybe like legally required not to start speaking out about yeah. uh oh well i'm a developer from such and such i know our game was rubbish but actually what you don't know is da, da, da. bobby coating uh, had a gun yeah exactly <laughs> um so it does make you wonder does this happen more than we tend to hear about absolutely has oh, to yeah. right 100 well yeah has not to. does it happen more because yeah i'm sure like, it does yeah. it's when, just the, when does it happen it's just the nature of systemic abuse across any yeah. any medium mm-hmm. isn't it people are scared to to talk out for fear of retribution against them mm-hmm. and their careers mm-hmm. for, as you know as a start and then most of the time when you hear about this stuff that's been broken by uh mr schreier mm. it's usually off the record yeah. with sources at you know very very rarely do people will people go on the record yeah. with their own name you know because it's it, it, it you can just backfire for them massively yeah. the personal stakes are really high for people who mm. speak speak out about this stuff well, i also think that like a lot of the time people who do speak out they do tend to come from the developer side of the game yes. like i feel like a lot of the time we're hearing that obviously the publishers are, are kind of the bad guys in these situations but i also just think that developers tend to get shafted a lot more because you normally hear of a dev company closing down it's not very often you hear of a publishing company going bust because mm-hmm. yeah like with this situation daedalic took the brunt of the abuse and this they felt the the repercussions of Gollum way more than Nacom did um and that has happened before and it will happen again you know the publishers kind of get away with it a little bit because they're like well we didn't make the game we mm. just gave you it so we didn't actually do anything wrong that was that was this guy over here that made all the mistakes it's kind of a scale model for just industry in general isn't yeah, it like exactly. the the boys and girls working in the factory screwing the bits together mm-hmm. uh, doing all the hard work but they get the least thanks often i mean not always sometimes developer gets mm-hmm. huge due praise um but certainly yeah. when things go wrong it's easy to then say well they made it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nothing to do with me mm-hmm. all i did was try and sell it the best i could 
Um, I mean, it's not all the time. I think big publishing companies do get the brunt of it more than like the smaller dev teams that they hire. But uh, like for The Sims example, Maxis Mm. are the developers. But if you've got things that you don't like about The Sims, they're normally aimed at EA rather than the Maxis. So, you know, it changes a little bit. But I do think Mm. for a smaller game like this, the devs tend to fare worse than the publishers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Well, it's time for a section that we've never done before. Yeah, I came up with it. I went for a walk along the beach and it just came to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and I thought, and I was walking with my toes in the sand and I thought, do you know what's going to be a great segment for a podcast? What? A segment that I have, you know, so a working working title called uh, What We Playing. Ooh. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about the games that we have been playing. Peter Austin, what we have been playing, brackets you. I have continued to play some Far Cry, which is a Far Cry from... Something. I didn't really think that through, but I just wanted to say it. Um, But it is a far cry from something. I tell you what it's not much of a far cry from, though. Go on. Is the demo for Robocop. Right. I played. Hang on. Did you say last time you were playing Far Cry? Blood Dragon. Blood yeah, Dragon. Blood Dragon. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also was like, which Far Cry was he playing? Yeah, no, he's playing I was Far trying Cry. To think, I was like, is he playing Far Cry Six? Yeah, you playing Robocop. Sort of fake Far Cry. Yeah. So have you heard about this Ro- Robocop? I've seen. Demo? I've seen it. It's there's a Robocop game coming out made yeah. by the people who did Rambo the video game. So oh, you know it's, it's going really to good. be good, right? Okay. I can't remember their names it's now. A lot but... of cov- I'm seeing a lot of news headlines about yeah. it. Though. And they made a Terminator game as well. So they right. just seem to go for the kind of 80s action uh, franchises that are still miraculously alive somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I saw it like trending the day after the, the demo had come out. And I was like, okay, what's this about? And all the coverage was... Like all the headlines were worded like, we played the Robocop demo and it's actually good. Yeah. (laughs) What? Um, So I think the demo is only available on Steam, even though it's going to be a sort of a multi-platform game when it releases. I might be wrong. Maybe it's also available on console, but I played it on Steam. And uh, it is actually good. I've enjoyed it quite a lot. Okay. Um, It's about an hour or so long. Um, there were a, a few sort of little visual glitches, um, more more in terms of like the old like low res texture or like a bit of a strange glitchy shadow sort of thing. But other than that, it seemed pretty like solid and, and it was all working very well. And man, it's kind of like, it's quite visceral. It's like yeah. the guns, the, the sound design on the guns is very satisfying. Everything's really bassy. Mm. Um, every when you walk you have these really heavy footsteps everywhere you go um and there's this oh i remember like watching the demo and just being like what is that noise and it's the footsteps yeah of robocop i've seen i saw robocop once when i was like nine or something and i do not really remember anything about it at all Mm. other than i think a cop dies and then they turn him into a robot yes that was it's like an 18 isn't it robocop Mm. yeah i had a robocop toy and that always felt wrong mm. Mm. yeah it's like look how cool this guy is in the movie he like cuts people in half he yeah doesn't, but like it's violent yeah um and uh but it i really enjoyed it uh and not just gameplay wise because it's, it's an fps but it's it's very kind of chaotic and you can throw objects at people and uh there's lots of things blowing up and stuff but um aesthetically as well it's really cool it feels to me it reminded me a lot of the sort of and I mean this in a positive way, the Joel Schumacher Gotham City from Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Okay. Batman and Robin obviously being a really good Batman film. Am I right? So good. It's mm-hmm. not. The it's best a bad one. one. 
uh, the one with the back credit card, remember? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but one thing that I did like about Schumacher and and also sort of the Burton-esque ones as well, that, that sort of set of four films, one thing I did like about that a lot was the way that Gotham was represented. Yeah. You know, it's this kind of urban environment, but it's got a kind of a weird kind of wacky edge to it. Um, and that is what you get with this. It's you're in a city and on the one hand, it feels very like gritty and quite sort of noir and dark. But then there's just a certain part of it that it feels like a kind of a comic book location. Mm. It's that kind of thing. Uh, and the enemies that you're up against, they're called torch heads, I think, which, again, might be they might have actually appeared in the in the franchise already or they might be brand new. I don't know enough about Robocop. I know barely anything about Robocop. But they're all a little bit like the Joker, basically. They're drug dealers, and they're all kind of like wired and wacky, and they've got colorful hair and stuff. So they're all these sort of clown-esque criminals. Uh, and uh, it, it's just a lot of fun to go around and uh, beat the crap out of them. And certainly in the demo, you are basically an unstoppable machine, which is quite satisfying. Obviously, a full game of being an unstoppable machine, there wouldn't be much challenge. So I suspect as it goes on, uh, it it changes. He gets um, his robot powers taken away. He does, mm. yeah. He's well, just man. After the intro... Just cop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cop. He seems to have like a glitch... And they're like, oh, what's going on? So then they implant a chip in his head saying, we're going to like, we've got like a diagnostics thing. We want to like track your progress. Mm. And that's the the sort of in-universe uh, reason why you have objective trackers and stuff. Because mm. they're like seeing what you're doing and you earn XP for doing them. Right. Um, and there's like little side objectives, like side quests and stuff. So uh, I, I really enjoyed it. One thing I didn't enjoy is they to put the chip in his head, they took his mask off and he just had a human yeah, he skin does. face. He just he looks like a man. I mean, I knew a that he looked face. like a man, but I've never seen him without his visor on. Right. So I've only seen his, his lips, basically. And they just took his whole helmet off and he was, was a robot body with just a, a face on, uh, which was a bit horrible. Um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. And I'm now really looking forward to it. And I think it comes out this month or soon it comes out pretty soon so i'm gonna see if i can get a copy of that and i'll do a review for it nice etc nice but uh yeah pleasantly surprised by that it came out of nowhere i'm glad that it's like got better because the last time i saw like gameplay of i think it was for like ign they had like early access to it and it looked crap all right Uh, i didn't know about this at all it got quite a lot of kind of heat online because it was a bit well i watched but i'm glad it looks good now well that's the thing i was just about to say i do the the one thing that this could be is just it might be a really good vertical slice Mm -hmm. and when the actual game comes out it might be terrible it might there might be a really good prologue and then it just completely falls apart so uh, let's have let's have a positive mental attitude it's gonna come out and be great ema yeah i've got it yeah um Ashton. Is that everything? You yeah. Play? Um, I have played a few things this week. I played some Moss Book Two. Um, I got back. Well, I played it ages ago, and then uh, I gave it another go this week because I was testing out the VR headset for something. And we were like, oh, I'll just put this on while we test it out. And I ended up playing it for like 45 minutes. And I was like, oh, I, I meant to get in the shower. So I've got distracted. And um, so definitely going to go back to play that at some point. Um, I went back and played some Dishonored 2. But it's been a, 
hot minutes since I've played that. So I couldn't remember any of the controls and I got frustrated and I turned off after about 20 minutes. Um, But I have to go back to that when I'm feeling a bit more positive. (laughs) And then lastly, I finished Assassin's Creed Mirage. Oh, yes, you did. You finished it. Yeah, it took me 22 hours. Okay, that's not so bad. To do the main storyline and all the side quests and 100% all the areas. Seriously? Yeah. So So there's like some additional stuff you can do after you finish the game. There's like a few more contracts and stuff. But for the most part, like I finished pretty much everything the game had to offer. Um, and like I say, 22 hours, pretty pretty nice length, mm. actually. Good mm. length. Um, and it didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. Do I know what happened at the end? No. Do I understand the story? No. Ah. Didn't get it. It was weird at the end. I sat there with a face like this for watching the entire cutscene. I was like, eh? Huh? And me and uh, MB were trying to decode what was happening. We were both being like, is this what's happening? And we were like, I don't know. Maybe this, and but so I'm hoping someone else will finish it soon, yeah, so that to, I can be like, did you understand it? Can you explain? You got to watch me? a YouTube video. Yeah, someone will explain. I don't well, want to watch YouTube. It's not video. even in an animus kind of way because I heard you saying that, and I was like, oh, is it like? Does it flash back to present day, and then no. like mm. someone's got like four robotic arms, and you don't know who they are, and it's like. And you said, no, No. you're talking in universe, like, you know, in the history, something weird happened. I'm like, okay, right. There's no um, future stuff in this game at all. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is good. Um, I mean, there is like the sci-fi element that's been in all the other games, but there isn't like flash forward to Layla in our cabin somewhere in the future. Yeah. Um, But I enjoyed it, actually. I thought it was, the gameplay was pretty satisfying once i got the hang of like well once i unlocked every single skill it was much easier to to get around stuff and yeah i actually had a good time playing that game it was just quite it was quite kind of empty head just play game kind of situation there's not much thinking that was going into it but it was a good length the setting is nice um if you like assassin's creed it's more assassin's creed so i think that like they they nailed what they wanted to do with the game in terms of making Assassin's Creed game. Do I think that the story is particularly interesting? Not really, but I think it's fine. You're like, well, now I have to kill this person. And once I kill them, I'll get another clue to go and kill someone else. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I didn't even figure out who the big bad was until it showed me her or him. <laughs> Ashton. <laughs> Sorry, it's a her. Come on. Um, in like a cutscene. And I didn't know what was going on. I was like, who's this? Who is this? And I didn't figure it out for ages until it was they were in front of my face. You. You no, it wasn't me because <laughs> I was a boy in the game. Boy. Um, but there is also lots of girls in the game, so you won't know which one it is, but it's a girl, sorry. If indeed it is a girl. If it's a girl, sorry. God's sake. Sorry. I just, they came up and I was like, oh, I, who? Who are you? Question mark. Hmm. So, yeah. It's, it's fine. The story's fine, but the game's good. Okay. I, uh, for my sins, have played a little bit more Lies of P because <laughs> I got home and I was really tired and I couldn't be bothered to start a new game. Mm-hmm. And so I just had some, I had some wrestling to catch up on. So I had like the wrestling playing and then I just had the TV turned off and I thought, you know what? Screw it. There's got to be another trophy I can get in this game. <laughs> so I just charged through a new game plus and I just ran past all the enemies and I like... I flew through like the first third of that game in about an hour, like Mm. just absolutely destroyed everything, killed all the bosses that I really struggled with just first try, like super duper easy. And then I was looking at my list of, uh, because I was trying to get all the weapons and I need to get up to a certain point 
in New Game Plus for a vendor to become available because he gets locked off after a certain point in the story. So I could then buy the missing weapons. And I did that. And I was like, cool, got that trophy. Now, what if I got all the boss weapons as well? Because I can I can do that. Yeah. That's nice and easy. Because I spent, when you kill a big boss, you get their soul. Mm -hmm. And then you can exchange their soul for a boss weapon or a boss talisman, which gives you like, it's like a, a ring. In, right. in another game that yeah. would give you a boost of right. some kind of stat. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, the first few, I changed exchanged it for talismans because I was like, I like the weapon I've got. I'm not going to waste my time on this. Um, so I thought, okay, seeing as I bought all the boss weapons towards the end of the game and then didn't use any of them, all I need to do is get through these first few bosses and buy the ones that I need. And I was like, brilliant. Okay, I'll do that. And then I saw that there was a... Um, one of the boss weapons that I need is the final boss, the one that I was stuck on. And I was like... Not doing that. Right. <laughs> Not going through the entire game again. And then I put it down. So uh, I got one one extra trophy and then completely wasted my time going for another one. But, you know, it's I still think the more I play a bit after the fact, now that I'm super strong, uh, what a what a game. What a what a fantastic surprise and definitely the undisputed king of Souls likes in my opinion. Whoa! Wow! Yeah, all right. Souls likes. Souls likes, not not, oh, Souls li not, right. not like yeah. an actual so from excluding software excluding the ones, excluding right. the actual Soulsborne titles. Wow! This That's is the best quite Souls a statement to make. Yeah, and I'll stand by it. Whoa. I will. I will stand by it. Apart from that, I was away this weekend uh, with some friends and I played a little bit of Stick Fight the Game, which is always fun mm -hmm. to, to chuck you on. You love that game. I do. It's like you just, when you've got people over, you just give them a controller and go, there you go. And then and then they're gone. They're just like tunnel vision for mm -hmm. like an hour. Mm -hmm. It's great. So I think that's a really fun game. And then I've also played some Assassin's Creed Mirage. I played a few hours of that. I'm acutely aware that I'm rapidly running out of road before Spider-Man comes yeah, out that's that next what I'm week. Thinking. That's why I don't want to yeah. start anything new now. So this weekend is like Spider-Man time. Mm. Sorry, Assassin's Creed time. Mm -hmm. I need to finish it. So the fact that you did everything in 22 hours yeah. gives me hope that I can get through the game. And you don't have to do everything. No, I don't. And I probably won't either. No. Um, God. He likes to jump off things. He does, doesn't he? Oh, it's like, it's really doing my head I in. I shout um, at him all the time. I was talking to uh, Kieran and Fraser this morning about it because I think Fraser's finished it and Kieran's very close to the end. Yeah. And I was saying like, how how is the free running for you guys? And they're like, oh, you know, it's it's all right. And uh, and and Kieran said, no, he jumps off all the time for me mm -hmm. as well and gets stuck and stuff. But I think the problem is is that there's a button that you hold for free running, mm -hmm. and when you're climbing up the side of a building, you're not supposed to hold the free run button, and that's a very difficult thing to mm -hmm. tell yourself not to do. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes, the way I described it earlier is that Basim will basically look like he'll be a naughty cat. Yeah. So you'll he'll, he'll like his pupils will dilate and you'll be like, don't, don't, whatever you're about to do, don't do it. And then he will like turn 90 degrees and leap off. And you're yeah. like, oh, Basim, what are you doing? It's really annoying when like, yourself. you're near a, a hay bale or something. Like if you're cl climbing a like watchtower. Yeah. Just like hay bale. And he'll just, yeah, <laughs> just you're, go And you're like, it. you've pressed X to go up. And he's like, did you mean you eagle mean, dive? You and mean I'm hay, like, no, bale, I didn't, right? Basim. I would love it if he didn't even turn. He just like, arms by his side and just like flopped off in flopped. the direction yeah. of wherever the hay bale was but it's yeah. not even that funny uh, no he's really annoying when he does that also I find the stealth to be a bit hit and miss personally yeah, I get is. spotted a lot and and in the end I just have to kill loads of people mm -hmm. which doesn't really feel yeah. <laughs> in the spirit of things and then I pull down three posters and they forgot that I ever existed mm -hmm. it's very video gamey in that sense very mm -hmm. much a return to 
original Assassin's Creed 4 better or worse? There was only really like one point outside of like a main quest where I managed to get my notoriety level all the way up. Um, and then there's like, when you get it all the way up, there's a guy with two swords that comes to get wow. you. And I didn't realize that he was a, like wow. meant to be like a specifically hard enemy to fight because he was like the high no notoriety one. Mm. So I was like just fighting him as normal. Mm. And I was like, why does this guy keep kicking my ass? What is going on? <laughs> and it turns out it was just because uh, special boy. he was a special boy. Mm. Yeah. But if you kill him, then all the notoriety goes away. Really? Yeah. Oh. He's a bit like guy. a bit like in Saints Row when like if you destroy like the tank, everyone just forgets about it. Like, you know what? You destroy the tank, you can you can you can stay alive. Yeah, don't care exactly. anymore. Uh so hopefully by the time we speak next week, I will have finished this game but we'll see i'm honestly not holding out, holding out much hope it's just every evening this week has been so busy after work i just mm -hmm. have not had time to play anything so hopefully this weekend smash are you in the part. main city now though oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a good few hours in now i've taken out like maybe uh the first proper target that you have to research right, and now yeah. i've got like a few other options that i'm investigating so yeah. i'm on the way you're on the way and who knows what gender the villain will be total, i don't know total bloody mystery i know no is it you don't know i think it might be a might be a boy oh i think it's mm. a boy okay. it's usually a boy boys are so cool yeah. yeah only boys can be bad yeah should we do question two ashton yeah i'm really sorry that i said it was That's a girl. Right, ashton I'm going to be looking at every female character with absolute suspicion now. There's actually quite a few. There are a lot. So it's not like there's like one woman in the entire game and you're like, it could be this yeah, one. Yeah, it's not like um, Summer Game Fest no. where there's one woman. Yeah, you actually <laughs> encounter quite a few women on your travels. It's so. okay. It's all right. Anyway, sorry. This is a question from Chris McVeigh. Hi, BAP. Valve have announced some news for the future of Counter-Strike Global Offensive following the release of the sequel slash update Counter-Strike 2. Namely, there is a legacy version of CSGO available for users of low-spec machines and Macs, which are not supported on, CS, uh, on CS2. And this will lose official support at the end of the year, with the CSGO name essentially going dark after 11 years and Overwatch doing the same thing for its sequel last year. Do you think this spells the beginning of a trend? Will games in the future always be update in place sequels that leave the original game inaccessible or is this something that only makes sense for long lasting multiplayer slash live service games so if you haven't heard about this um cs2 released uh recently and uh they got rid of csgo however they stopped supporting max for counter-strike 2 because apparently there's not enough players this was as of 22 hours ago oh, you can no, now no longer play counter-strike 2 on mac because they said there's not enough players so we're not going to bother doing it that's um what a mess was yeah. i assume counter-strike go had enough mac players yes yeah i think so yeah oh, um and counter-strike 2 quickly became valve's lowest rated steam game Oh, um, after it came out. God. I'm just going to read you the headlines that have come out in the last two days. Okay. Um, so it's the worst rated game. They killed CSGO on Mac OS and won't launch a Mac Counter-Strike 2 either. So you can't play Counter-Strike on Mac at all now, or even the second one. Um, the hard change has left people feeling nostalgic, which is good because they missed CSGO because they got rid of it. Um, then they said that you can actually play CSGO, but they've put it back on Steam now oh. um, after the fact. But it has a twist uh, because apparent. Oh, get away. You have to give a blood sample in order to play it. Yeah. Um, 
It's still playable via Steam, no less. The legacy version of CSGO is accessible via the Counter-Strike 2 Steam library. So if you want to get in, all you need to do is find Counter-Strike 2 in your Steam library, select properties, select betas, and then click CSGO, the original version. Well, I love PC gaming. So it's a frozen build, apparently, so you can play forever, um, but you cannot do any official matchmaking. Um, so you actually can't really use it that much. So yeah, it's all gone down very poorly. Much the same as Overwatch 2 did mm. uh, in getting yeah. rid of the older version in place of a new version that's just the same game, but a bit worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a valid tactic. I'd mm-hmm. like to play devil's advocate here. It's a valid tactic for publishers slash devs to retire the older version if they want to migrate that, you know, that user base onto the new thing. However, it seems almost exclusively that it doesn't go very well because yeah. people want the old thing and the new thing is uh, is not what they want. But could you imagine if every time a new Call of Duty came out, they were like, uh, yeah, the other one's not going to work anymore. Well, that's the thing. We're just going to absorb it. Still live. When I did yeah, the launch exactly. games videos, like I was playing Call of Duty games from 10 years ago still with mm-hmm. like full servers. Because people, people like the nostalgia of it. That's yeah. why people like to go back and play these older versions of the games because they have a fond memory of playing that game that the new one, yeah, they enjoy it, but they have those memories in that kind of set idea of what the game should be. So that's what people like, like to go back to. Like you say, 10 years ago, I'm sure there's still people playing those 10-year-old Call of Duties because they like them so much. So it's like a very strange decision, but like you say, it makes sense. Yeah, I think this only works in instances where either the new game is just objectively better in every way, which has that ever happened? I can't think of an example, but if it did, then you know I don't think people would have much to complain about. Mm. Or if the new game basically features recreations of all of the old content so that if that's what you really like you can still just go and enjoy all that aspect of it like if there's certain maps and game types and characters that you like they're all still there and you can play those and then here's new stuff which in a sense just sounds like you're adding an expansion to the old game rather than but you know if it's like strictly speaking a new game but just features old legacy content then you know that could maybe work uh reminds me a little bit although this was done the other way around of um uh, when Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled came out and it featured all of the uh, that other racing game, you know, Big Norm and stuff. Oh, yeah, like Nitro Kart. Uh, yeah, yeah. It had all that stuff in. I know that's not exactly what I just described, but, you know, you can, you can have a game that, like, features sort of other content that people are nostalgic for and that in itself can appeal to people. Um, this also reminds me, of, you've talked about some other examples there, but also reminds me of... Warcraft 3 Reforged, which I believe is the same thing Mm. where if you try and go to the Warcraft 3 launcher now, it basically will only let you play the new bad version of Warcraft 3, which is a, you know, a game that still has a massive following. I believe there are still ways that you can play the old Warcraft 3, but not in a straightforward way. I think it's, it's, again, it's like you're having to backdate to old versions and then does it support online multiplayer? I think it does privately, but maybe not on like their servers. If they have servers, I don't really know how it works, but yeah, it's certainly not easy to play classic Warcraft three anymore, which is a beloved game. So, um, I do think this is a bad idea in almost every case. Um, do I think that this is the beginning of a trend? for uh, games in general, Chris McVeigh, or is it more for long-lasting multiplayer slash live service games? I think certainly the latter. I can't see this happening for anything other than a a multiplayer or live service game. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think there are ways to do this. 
And uh, so far, it's not been done in any of those ways, really. No. I think obviously the most famous uh, version of this at the moment is obviously Overwatch 2 yeah. and how they basically alienated their entire player base by yes. forcing them to immigrate to uh, Overwatch 2, getting rid of all of their stuff and then charging them loads and loads and loads and loads of money in microtransactions if they wanted to play the game that they liked from before. Um, and I think the the issue with it is like you guys said, it's you lose the kind of nostalgia for that first game. And also, a lot of people will migrate when they want to and try a new game when it first comes out if they enjoy a series. That's why FIFA fans always buy the new FIFA or EA, EA football, sports, sports, FC, FC yeah. club 2024 sports. or whatever it's called now. Um, people will always buy the next one because they like the other games in the series. So I think that the only the only thing that they've done is shoot themselves in the foot. Like I understand why they've done it because like you say, they want to migrate their player base. But all that it seemingly has done is annoyed the player bases and upset them that they can't play their favorite game anymore. Um I think the majority of people would move to the next version in the game if you made like just a regular sequel. People would have gone to play Overwatch 2. Maybe there would have still been a large number of people who played Overwatch 1, but you're still making money off Overwatch 1. It's not yeah. like you weren't making money off it anymore. People played it and they spent a lot of money on it. So that why game would was it... controversial for loot boxes even then. Exactly. Mm. And, and Overwatch 2 is just like a microtransaction nightmare yeah. by comparison. You can't tell me that if they'd have let the two run simultaneously, they would have not been making more money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that the, the main issue that I have with this, outside of it being just a complete disregard for the consumer, is video game preservation and how yeah. it's just getting yeah. harder and harder and harder. And if we're going to keep just destroying games to bring the new one in, like I say, I'm not thinking this trend is going to carry on in the wider gaming space. And I also don't see it working out particularly well in live service in no. the moment. So we'll see if it actually goes well going forward for anyone. But it just makes it harder for anyone to play these old games. We've said before that games currently coming out are basically going to be unplayable at some point in the probably like quite near future because we're not going to be able to have all of these online updates once they discontinue support for these games. So it's going to be hard as is. So if we're just going to start getting rid of games as things come out, then I mean, it makes it even harder for us to ever be like, back in my day, son, these are the games that I liked. CSGO, it was amazing. My favorite game. All right, Grandma, back to yeah, bed. Back to bed, That grandma. game doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, we're on CSGO 43. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all one big game. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's my main issue is that video game preservation is uh, mm. going to be more of a nightmare if this mm -hmm. is the way we are going forward. Similar to Warcraft, uh, Bandai Namco actually did a very similar thing when uh, when Dark Souls Remastered came out in 2018. Mm -hmm. And the PC version of Dark Souls, which was notoriously not good and had to be fixed by modders, mm -hmm. uh, they then replaced it on Steam with the new remastered version, which introduced so many more new issues. And players were like, great. So now I can't get access to the existing one that was fixed and you've given me a new broken one. Thank you so much. <laughs> and then that had to be fixed as well. Yeah. Uh, they they do seem intent on shooting themselves in the foot. And you're right, it is a preservation issue as much as anything else. Fortunately, as we have seen with a number of different games that require online servers, there are some very clever folks out there who will find a way to keep these servers going. It's nice that CSGO has been brought back in some mm -hmm. capacity, even if this was a harsh lesson for valve to learn and it's not so straightforward to access it um but yeah it's it's a real shame not every game 
is a live service game that can be iterated on like Fortnite, where yes, maps, game modes, characters, whatever, will be retired and taken out because otherwise the file size is just going to balloon and balloon yeah, and balloon. Yeah. But then they can bring them back later as like a seasonal special thing. Like, oh, you remember this? It's back now. We can play it for like a few months. And so, yeah, we will reach a point where if we do enter the live service hellscape that we've been promised mm -hmm. by all of these fantastic publishers who keep trying it and keep failing at it, then we will reach a point where, for example... Spider-Man 3 launches and it's live service. The version of Spider-Man 3 that we play at launch with the story arc featuring the Hobgoblin will probably not be there three years into Spider-Man 3's life cycle and you may never be able to access it again. So mm. what, you mm. know, what does that mean? I don't think people are as precious about game preservation when it comes to live service games. But if everything becomes live service, then obviously that's a whole new issue that we have to yeah. consider, particularly if there's significant story stuff locked behind it. I don't think we're going to get there, no. though. I think the way that Fortnite do stuff is sensible and, like, good. The way that they change their game and they, like, adapt things. Obviously, they have their seasons. And at the end of the season, it they've hyped everything up so much and they've done so much for the players, like, to get them excited that when the next thing comes in... I mean, admittedly, most of the players are 12, so it's a lot easier than, you know, CSGO, for example. Mm. But people are excited for the next set of things, and they don't mind the things that have been taken out because they've given context for it. Mm. You know, there's been a world-ending rift in the sky, and now we're yeah. in a different universe, which is why there's a different map and different characters that are available. Like, it makes sense. Maybe it's a whole brand new game, really, if you think about it, like a whole brand new set of things to do, but you've had enough of a build-up that it feels like it makes sense and it's worthwhile. Instead of just being like, can't play that game anymore, have to play this game. Mm -hmm. yeah. You wanted that game, yeah, I have to play this one. Yeah. Yeah. The only one you've got. Not necessarily uh, completely relevant, but it because it will still have an offline single-player version that you can play. But WWE 2K22 servers are being turned off soon. Are they really? Oh, that came out last April. Same yeah. with Marvel's um, Avengers. That's going. Oh, it? yeah. Yeah. It can't, yeah you can't buy Marvel Avengers I mean, on Steam anymore. No one's playing it. I won't miss that's it, the, but yeah. That's the no. problem. But 2K22, that's... You know, that's just why well, it's just over a year old. And I know, again, they want everyone to play online in 2K23, but mm. come on. I don't think, even, you know, FIFA and stuff turn off their servers that soon. You can probably still play online in like FIFA 20, you know, 2020 mm -hmm. or whatever. So, But that's it. You hit the nail on the head is that they, they just want you to play the new game and, and they don't the trust you to, to not just go, well, I'm happy with 22, so I'm just going to carry on playing this though. Thanks. I'm all right. They, they don't... They, well, I say they don't trust you to do that. They trust that you will do that unless mm. that they say, well, no, you know, I'm not going to let you. You have to play this new one. So it I'd is prefer it if they just shamed you. us. You know, you start it up and yeah. it goes, ooh, cringe. Yeah. This Poor one? Povo. Poor. Povo can't playing... afford the new game. <laughs> You're still playing Call of Duty on PS3. Cringe. Get a PS5. Just it's got only some, 500 pounds. Like, some teenage girl, like a video of a teenage girl being like, this guy's playing 2020. Yeah. No. Gross. Stop. I just, I like this one more. Nerd. <laughs> anyway. It's all buggered. Shall we move on to something a little strange? Yeah. A little peculiar, perhaps. Something in the news? Oh, it's time for weird news. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Remember, if you'd like to submit some weird video game news to us, you can do so on the social media post that goes out on a Tuesday. Tuesday. However, if you'd like to guarantee yourself a shout out at this point in the podcast, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, sign up at the appropriate tier and become a podcast producer just like G.Y. Goliath, Nicole Hansen, Duncan Wilson, Katie Jarrett. <laughs> You've committed. I've decided. Okay. Um, Eric Siu. Potato Shack 99. Melody L. Bonnet. Nexus Polaris. Gabrielle Philippi. Blake Thomas. Janet Wicks. 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 And Great Giggity. Wow. Well, Thank you, giggity. podcast Welcome producers. Well, Thank you, podcast producers. Appreciate you all. Peter, have you got some weird news? I've got some weird news that was submitted by Lloyd Williams at Lloyd W90 uh, on Twitter. Um, it's from Kotaku, written by Zach Zvizen or Zvizen. Um, or Garrett, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Big Oil is using Fortnite, TikTok, and Twitch in an effort to convince kids that fossil fuels are cool. Oh, for God's Good. sake. Shell, We're in the worst timeline. Yes. Shell knows young people are worried about climate change and hopes some Fortnite maps will fix that. Okay. Look at that AI-generated image there. Oh, yeah. Is it AI generated? Well, I don't know. It looks like it is. It's like a shell logo on a banana. Yeah, it probably isn't. Good stuff. (laughs) Maybe that's an official... I could make that. Official image from Fortnite. I don't know. Well, then why don't you? The banana man is. I didn't write the story. (laughs) Next time, though, Eric hits me up. No, not Eric. What's his name? Zach. Zach hits me up. I'll do it. Photo. Epic slash shell slash Kotaku slash Jacob Silver. Getty Images. I think it's part fake, part real. Have they just smashed two pictures together? I think they've just put a logo on it. Yeah. Uh... It's a real story here. <laughs> Kids today only care about online free-to-play shooter Fortnite, full stop. That's what they only <laughs> care a, about. Have you spoken to a child recently? They don't even talk about how great gasoline is. Luckily for us, <laughs> one large oil company wants to change that using Fortnite, TikTok stars, and Twitch streamers. Welcome to hell. Yes. Yes, Zach, I feel like that. Climate change is bad. I think we can all agree on that. But for kids who have long lives and futures ahead of them, the prospect of the planet turning into a nightmare sphere of extreme weather and chaos is particularly scary. 
But don't worry about don't worry about all that, kids. Instead, Shell, a massive oil company and one of the many entities directly responsible for destroying our entire planet, wants you all to know just how rad its fossil fuel products are, and even made a whole Fortnite world for you to enjoy. But to truly enjoy it, you'll need to use Shell's V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline, of course. How are kids going to use that? As reported by Media Matters earlier this week, Shell has partnered with map creators to develop Shell Ultimate Road Trips, a Fortnite world featuring six different areas to explore in the car of your choice. In the middle of these worlds, players will find a lonely, sad-looking Shell gas station acting as the map's hub. The campaign, part of Shell's pivot back to focusing on gasoline over clean energy sources, is, des oh, no. <laughs> is designed to promote the company's new and improved premium gasoline. You're, uh, this is the worst timeline. The idea is that in the map, players will need to occasionally fill up at the central Shell gas station and use its new V-Power Nitro Plus fuel. You know what? You know what? I, re I respect them. There aren't many people no. on this planet that could go, tone deafness? What's that? Yeah. They're literally... I'm just going to take the biggest, worst swing <laughs> I could possibly take. It's very evil genius mode. Like, it's very Robbie Rotten vibes. It's so I can't un it. unreally oblivious. It's like Marlboro doing Overwatch 2 content or something. Where you have to, take a, have to smoke a cigarette without getting shot. Yeah. Um, you have oh. to use the V-Power Nitro Plus fuel to successfully navigate obstacles and courses. Are the obstacles like extreme weather events? Are they yeah, wind turbines? floods. Uh, <laughs> uh, to help promote this terrible collaboration, Shell has enlisted various TikTok creators and Twitch streamers in an right. effort to so you, you should be ashamed yeah, of yourself. Say, this is a handy yeah. list of who not to follow and watch then, isn't it? People who've Although, sold their honest, souls. Let's be honest. If Shell, if Shell, no. if Shell emailed us <laughs> no, that and says 10 grand. And say, hey guys, his, his not even ten grand. His like some. What's the fuel called? Um, v Tech. V Power Nitro his Plus. V Power fuel. Nitro Plus fuel. Vouchers. Hey, vouchers. You can go to a shell garage and you can get it. Would could we? No, no you wouldn't. Not even no, as a joke. No, not even as a joke. Okay. Well, my car is diesel, so <laughs> <laughs> you're even worse. You're running on diesel. Oh my god. We're gonna kill the Hey, planet. no, my car is very eco-friendly. For a diesel car, it's my my, uh -huh. my road tax is twelve pounds a year. Great. Wow. Which, I mean, to be fair, my car is over ten years old, so it's probably quite bad for I the cycle. But mm. okay, well, we can't all live as close. My car as runs on these nuts, so. <laughs> Um, to help promote this, yeah, uh, TikTok creators and Twitch streamers in an effort to connect with larger audiences made up of mostly younger individuals, this, their target audience. This has made me so sad. Which, Ashton, yeah. which content creator on TikTok would have to say, like, while doing a dance, like, have to say, buy the new uh, James. V, the V Fuel or whatever. James uh, James go, you know what? They make a valid point. Maybe I will. Well, there's James Chapesky, or there's that new guy that, that new we guy. recently discovered. I think his name's Raheem, okay. and he sings songs on TikTok Live. And right. if he said it, maybe I'd be like, hey, so maybe James fossil fuels aren't so bad. We know that James is very affordable. And if James <laughs> if James wrote a song and he yeah. got in the pocket of Big Shell, yeah. would that make you sad? Or would you be like, you know what, he's making some good I don't work. think James would. He Are likes sure? the environment. He was a Boy Scout. I don't think he would. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Media Matters reportedly I think, identified... you, I think you put him on a pedestal. He's going to let you down one no, day. No, he won't. I'm about to name and shame, guys. Okay. okay. Identified at least half a dozen streamers, including folks like... And these James are all hyper, Hyperlinked as well. Punisher, Nate Hill, Chica, and 
Brooke AB or well, Brooke Ab. I don't watch any of those, nor I've have I ever heard, heard of any of them. So I think we're safe. With a combined Twitch following of, of over 5.5 million subscribers. Jesus. <laughs> who helped promote Shell's Fortnite map and fossil fuel products during sponsored streams that racked up over a million views. <laughs> I wonder if they have been identified, not knowing anything about them, not that I watch any Twitch streamers anyway, but I wonder if they were identified as having demographics that are potentially a little less give a crap about the environment E. Yeah, you know? maybe. Um, they those people also did posts on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, <sighs> and uh, Media Matters also identified three content creators who advertised the Shell X Fortnite map in several videos posted on the gas company's official YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram accounts. It continues. It gets worse. How? How um, can it possibly get worse? The creators directly promoting Shell's gasoline propaganda have a combined audience of 8.5 million TikTok followers. Blah, blah, blah. More stats. In August, Shell even paid out for a sponsored post on IGN uh, as well as a three-part series featuring IGN staff playing Fortnite and exploring the Shell-sponsored map. The videos are covered in Shell logos and featured on a fancy IGN-hosted website dedicated to the oil company's Fortnite map. That's so sad. I feel genuinely like this has actually upset me. Uh, I feel very sad. There's now a subheading saying, kids aren't buying this crap. So there might be some solace here. Right. So how's all this money and effort paying off? As far as I can tell, not great. For example, looking at the IGN article, it's got only two comments and both are negative. On YouTube, the IGN videos have mostly received negative comments from viewers with many calling out the outlet for sponsoring an oil company. Elsewhere, the official trailers put out by Shell for their Fortnite creation are similarly receiving negative comments. The article continues, but uh, that's basically it. Um, Okay. Hey, listen, we're all doomed, all right? We know that. No, that's not the attitude to have. Well, it's the attitude that everyone has, apparently. As Media Matters pointed out, in 2021, a survey of young people between the ages of 16 to 25 said that about 75% said the future is frightening because of climate change. Well, it is frightening, but that doesn't mean that we are doomed. No, we are, though, aren't we? We're, like, super dead. (laughs) We're so doomed. This doesn't help. I'm so sad. Like genuinely, act. that's about actually the, made me really sad. Yeah, about no. the shell game, sad yeah. news. Mm. Yeah. yeah, great. Um, well, we won't play it, or will we? No, no right. we won't. I've never played Fortnite. No, I have played Fortnite once when it came out, but there was no shell in it then. No. Right, Ashton, what you got? I have a weird news. Comes from RB on Twitter. Mm-hmm. R underscore B eighty four. By Kotaku and Zach Zweizen. He's been busy this week. Um, Nintendo reveals Bowser like some thick with two C's. We learned something about the king of the Koopas via a Super Mario Bros. wonder ad. Bowser is attracted to Princess Peach. We didn't need Jack Black singing about it in the massively successful Mario movie to figure that out. However, according to official Nintendo marketing materials, it seems Bowser prefers his princess bigger and thicker. Um, Super Mario Bros. Wonder launches later this month, adding to what might be one of the busiest months in video games in years. The upcoming Nintendo platformer looks fantastic, featuring a fresh 2D art style, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, more about something else now. Um, bored of talking about that game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you not talk about Fortnite again? No, I don't. Um, it's weird, wild... Oh, yeah, they can turn into elephants. That's the only bit, this bit that you need. That's it. It's weird, wild, and also apparently a big turn-on for Mario's eternal enemy, Bowser. Okay. 
That's reading a lot into that. Look at these strange adverts I'm getting for a men's blonde wig. What have you been looking at recently? (laughs) I've been looking at Halloween costumes. (laughs) But I've just got a man just staring at me as I scroll down. Um, Look, I'm not making this up or basing this on some random conspiracy conspiracies connecting deleted sprites, random voice lines, or Easter eggs together in some fanciful hard-to-buy theory that is ultimately just fan-fueled non-canonical nonsense. No, the fact that Bowser is a man who prefers his lover's lover's thick was revealed by Nintendo itself via the company's official Twitter account. Um, This better be literal as hell, otherwise I'm going to be annoyed at Zach. In a short video posted on October 11th, we see Princess Peach hanging out in a white void alone. Suddenly, Bowser shows up with a tiny flower looking to make his move, but then a power-up from Super Mario Bros. Wonder, the elephant fruit, hops across the screen and turns Princess Peach into a plump elephant form. Bowser is shocked by the transformation, and for a moment, it almost seems like the iconic villain is preparing to leave as he yanks away the flower he previously offered. Um, but nope. Instead, Bowser pulls out a larger, more impressive bouquet of flowers, okay. pumps his scaly flip fist, and makes a noise I can only describe as horny growling. Oh, um, oh The video wow. ends there, likely because it's a family-friendly game from Nintendo, and the wild sex that happens next is not something the company <laughs> wants to advertise online. As you can probably guess by now, fans reacted with a lot of memes and replies that boiled down to people cheering Bowser on and celebrating his love for bigger women. Um, some also warned Nintendo that the company had no idea what they had just unleashed onto the web. I think they know. Yeah. I think They've when done they made the elephant, they knew yeah. before they even before. got as far as... Yeah. Applying it to Pete. Those people are being silly. A quick Google search will reveal that fans have already been making art featuring Bowser and the elephant Peach getting it on months Ashton? before this ad was released. Oh, okay. No. This just seems like something you would be aware before of. Before the ad was released. Yeah, they so people have been it. making this, you know, horny stuff online for a while. It's not like the internet. Um, the internet so doesn't do need help going. coming up with yeah, this stuff, on. but I bet many are thankful Nintendo stepped in anyway to confirm their nastiest fantasies. Brilliant. Do we like to see the video? I'm being haunted by this man in a blonde wig like every other advert is him. Okay. She's in she her is. void. Oh. He offers a flower. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Here comes that. That fruit is massive. There she is. Yeah. This better be the horniest growling. Well, I mean... Is that horny? It doesn't sound that horny. No, it doesn't sound that It just sounds like growling, doesn't it? When I growl, it's much hornier than (laughs) I Jesus Christ. I've uh, Googled Bowser Elephant Peach Sex. Oh. Why would you Google that? Incognito. Um, Oh, so that makes it fine on a podcast. Oh, my God. Jesus Okay, flip me. He's not shown us yet. Do no. you want to see this? Well, this well, reaction, now. of course I want to. It's really graphic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my that, God. Turned that maybe slightly <laughs> too far. I too might have actually just shown that a little bit. Kieran, I, I need a timestamp so Kieran can blur that. An hour uh, and eight an minutes. An hour and eight minutes. <laughs> I forgot to not show that to the Jesus. camera. Yeah, I thought even like I knew what I was looking at there, but there was nothing about that that identified either of those characters as being Mario characters. No. That was just penetrative sex. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all that was. With an, an elephant person. Fantastic. Oh, top God. notch internet. Great job. Really proud of you. Wow. Uh, right, I've got some weird news. Right. Well, that's cheered us all right up. Not yeah. as bloody weird as that. Um, hang on. Hang on. I've got got some news from Destructoid. This comes from Cameron J. Keywood on Twitter. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, James Corden hosts weird Activision town hall meeting with Bobby Kotick. 
Right. This was one of those things where I felt like I was reading a parody. I was reading like a hard drive article, but mm. then it turned out it was real. It's mm. real. Yeah. No, you're not reading that wrong. Former late night host and Cinderella star, apparently, James Corden reportedly hosted a town hall meeting for Activision. The company, run by Bobby Kotick, is making headlines as Microsoft may close its $68.7 billion purchase of them on Friday. Mm. We'll bloody see. According to sources speaking to Windows Central, an internal meeting between Kotick and employees recently occurred. James Corden, the, and it says in quotes, mastermind behind Carpool Karaoke, emceed the conference, much like Jamie Kennedy did at E3 2009. Unnecessarily, it says. <laughs> Kotick, who has been C uh, CEO of Activision since 1991, responded to a bevy of questions. <sighs> He talked about the potential for AI and VR, as well as Elon Musk's Neuralink. AI. Weirdly, he Neuralink. also, oh, such he also mentions again. that with, micro, micro, with Microsoft's advanced technology, a potential Guitar Hero revival was teased. A repeated phrase that popped up a lot during the meeting was magic, as Kotick believes oh. Microsoft will keep it alive, just as Activision has for more than 40 years. That's one word for what Activision's been doing for 40 years. It seems like it seems like the company, likely to soon become part of Microsoft, wants to deliver fresh content to consumers. Having already absorbed studios at Blizzard and King, Activision can finally work on creating a bigger legacy. What are you talking about? All right, Michael, that's enough of your article. I'm going to close that then. A little bit of bootlicking at the end for Bobby. Uh, that's really weird. That's yeah. very strange. Um, it's and an image I can't get out of my mind. We yeah. were talking about it in the chat yesterday um, at work, and it, it very much feels like... Because I asked, how can Bobby be making such grand calls and plans when we know that if this goes through he's gone yeah mm. and microsoft are gonna take over and tell them to do whatever they want basically and it sort of feels like he's 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 already handed in his notice and he doesn't really care so he's just gonna like do weird stuff mm. and unfortunately that involves ai and james corden yeah. which are two of the worst things oh god yeah i also think it's very strange that the one movie they picked out for James Corden was Cinderella, which was Amazon Prime Cinderella, in Cinderella? which he played a mouse that got turned into a man for about oh. half an hour of the movie. Okay. Right. Not, like, they didn't not cats, cats, where he's actually in the movie. I mean, everyone should Have always bring cats? up cats. Yeah. I watched it when I had COVID over Christmas oh, with my my whole family and we watched it and we, and we were all like, what? That and I couldn't like tell if I was just off it. my face on fever meds or if I was watching the actual movie, but it was, it was very bad. I was really cross when uh, I saw the first trailer for Cats because I heard that they were making a film and I really like Cats, the, the musical, the stage play. And then that was shown and I was like, wow, okay. Mm. And then I just refused to watch it. Not even for the memes. Yeah. I think it'd be a it's real journey. It's good for the memes, yeah. Yeah, a real yeah. journey there. Mm -hmm. Have a few drinks and watch Cats. So anyway, James Corden was at an Activision retreat for some reason. There's photographic evidence of it as well, of him being there. Uh, very strange. Do you feel like everyone's forgotten that Activision, their internal politics is absolutely horrible. Yeah, it feels like that, doesn't it? And Bobby Kotick is literally a sexual harasser. But, uh, you know... James Corden's also a terrible man, so I guess like favors like, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. We just have to hope that Phil Spencer's going to come in and clean it up and save the day. Yeah. However, mm -hmm. it is worth remembering that when they announced this uh, this buyout, um, 
that I can't remember what the timeline was, but basically all the Activision um, harassment stuff that came out came out around the same time. Might it was slightly... like a month after they announced that they were bu being bought by Microsoft. Yeah, was it or was it before? No, it was literally, it was just afterwards. Okay. It came out, that the, all the stuff came out and then very, very soon afterwards, there was the first talk of the, the merger between, because people were yeah. saying, oh, it's because that all of this situation mm, came out that Microsoft right. thought their stock price has gone down or whatever and decided to buy them then. Mm. But then obviously this has been like a year or so in the making now, but it happened just afterwards because they were like, oh, and Bobby Kotick will be gone when we do the merger, yeah. but he's also going to be uh, about 20 million pounds more uh, worth more. So yeah, it's not it's not the greatest of situations at all, really. Yeah. It's it's really bad. But uh, anyway, hopefully this acquisition will be done and then Would he'll like be gone. Would you like to look at... Um, um, Bowser and elephant peach porn again. Will that cheer everyone up? Yeah, actually, you know what? <laughs> yeah, we've got some gone. more. No, no, I didn't get any. I've not been oh, looking well, at it. Okay, I, I just because you seemed sad again. So I yeah, thought, it was like, sad. It's probably still on Peter's phone, I reckon. Don't like for talking later. about it. I didn't actually close James the tab. Porn. I locked my phone. <laughs> on, show us some more. So when you open your phone again, show us some more. The first thing you're going to be. I think there were more results. Oh, I did close the tab, actually. Oh, okay. It's gone forever. He's not searching for it again. Anyway. That was weird news. It's time for the big discussion. It's big discussion time, time for the big video game discussion that this week comes courtesy of Stephen Skodas and Stephen says, Hi Bap, Sony have just announced a new look PS5 coming this holiday season, what are your thoughts? Mm. I've got a write-up here from the PlayStation blog. As the holiday season approaches, we're excited to share that we have a new fuel, fossil fuel <laughs> system of a... V plus... V plus fossil... Uh, that we have a new PS5 model launching. To address the evolving needs of our players, our engineering and design teams collaborated on a new form factor that provides greater choice and flexibility. Can I just say, yeah. it's very Sony to just announce a brand new console in a blog post yeah. about half past four in the evening. We are not out of the Jim Ryan trailer. era yet, are we? Like, absolutely unhinged. A few hours later, my boyfriend was like, do you know they're making a new PS5? I was like, yeah, they barely mentioned it in a, in a blog post. They just post. sneezed it out onto the If internet. I didn't work in our office, I wouldn't have actually have no sort idea. of seen or heard it anywhere. I've not seen it in, sort of in my own put, time like, on social one, media or anything. One trailer on their YouTube channel, and the only reason I know that is because I follow their YouTube channel. Right. The same technology features that make PS5 the best to play, it says, are packed, I think that's a mistake, are packed into a smaller form factor along with an attachable Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive and a one terabyte susud for internal storage. The new PS5 model will be available starting this November in the US at select local retailers and direct.playstation.com where available. It will continue to roll out globally in the following months. Once inventory of the current PS5 model has sold out, the new PS5 will become the only model available. Prices oh, I didn't realize they were discontinuing the current one yes. for this one. Prices are as follows. Uh, in the US, PS5 with the Blu-ray disc drive, $499.99. Digital, $449.99. Europe, uh, 549.99 euros and 449.99 euros in the UK, 479.99 pounds, 389.99, and in Japan, uh, 66,980 Japanese yen nice. or 59,980 Japanese yen. A horizontal stand will be included with the new PS5 model. Also, a new vertical stand compatible with all PS5 models will be sold separately at $29.99 across the board, $24.99 in the UK. 
uh, and 3,980 Japanese yen. <laughs> a variety of PS5 console uh, cover colors for the new model will be available starting in early 2024, including an all-matte black colorway and the Deep Earth Collection colors in volcanic red, cobalt blue, and sterling silver. Mm. So, yeah, this is happening. This happens uh, every mid-generation with Sony. They release a new one. It did get me thinking, shouldn't it be cheaper? That's Should what it be I thought. Slightly cheaper? Mm, yeah. Because we've already heard that per push square, Sony is using the opportunity of the PS5's smaller, slimmer relaunch to stealthily bump the price of the digital edition mm. in the United States. While we already know that you'll need to pay extra for a standalone vertical stand, the organization has also made the decision to hike the overall cost of the non Blu ray unit by $50. This means, moving forwards, the discless device will increase from, from an MSRP of $399.99 to $449.99. The price of the Blu-ray model has not changed and costs just $499.99. So this was actually surprisingly difficult to research because I had to use the Wayback Machine and it was really bloody hard to work it out. But in 2016, PlayStation released a slimmer version of the PS4, which acted as in exactly the same capacity this does in mm -hmm. that it's smaller and it replaced the existing model going forwards mm -hmm. once they sold all the original ones. Uh, that was uh, the, the slim one launched at a price of £260. And the PS4, the launch model that was still available at that time, was retailing the month before for £289. So there was a reduction in price. Mm. Here, they've actually managed to keep it the same and increase the price. That's not very good, is it? No. No, it's not. Um, and anyone who likes to have their console vertical will have to pay extra for a, a separate stand. Mm -hmm. I like the fact... I, I don't like this current stand... The fact that it is multifunctional and therefore probably doesn't do either thing as well as it could. I think it's a faff to like, if I try and pull my, I, I have mine um, horizontal. If I try and pull it out of my TV stand, um, sometimes the stand just kind of comes off the back because it's not that secure. My friend glued it to right. his console. I mean, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. I would maybe, maybe I should do that. So I like the fact that they've made a stand for each so that it will probably do a better job for whichever one you're using it for. And it's all right for me because I have it horizontally anyway, but it's not good for people who want it. 25 quid. I know. It's like, for a little bit of plastic. Well, I, I would prefer if they, I know it's, it would be a bit of a faff in terms of packaging and stuff, but like if they just had two slightly different builds, so you could just buy one that comes with a horizontal stand or buy one that comes with a vertical one. Um, and you don't have to pay anything extra. You just get one of the two stands. I think that would be a good idea. Have you ever stood mm. the PS5 up without its stand vertically? Because it can stand yeah. just fine. Right. It doesn't need that. And I have a feeling this will be exactly the same, especially when you... Yeah, it's going to be a lot heavier than the PS2. But you remember the PS2 mm. is... You know, you could stand that thing up and yeah, you could knock it over easily. But that's the risk you take when you stand it up yeah. vertically, you yeah. know? Um, but uh, my other concern, I always feel when this happens and we get the, the slimmer version of a console come out, I always think like, is this going to get hotter, quicker, mm. this console? I always just think if you're like compressing, like laptops mm -hmm. scream at you when you have them on your lap for more than like an hour and a half. And it's just beca uh, it's because you've squeezed like a gaming laptop, you've squeezed the components of a PC into a much smaller space lost some of the stuff as well that just doesn't fit in there and they get a lot hotter and they perform a lot worse than uh the larger version now that's not not necessarily ever been the case with the slimmer console like generally speaking i think every slim console has performed fine it's done well enough 
But I mean, my PS5 personally gets very warm as it is. Mm. Um, and I do. I always wonder, will this be the one where they bring out the slimmer version and it just performs like crap? And it because, explodes. And it, or it explodes. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully this works fine. They've done a lot of testing and uh, they've, they've uh, you know, the, the boys and girls who have been working on it probably almost since they released yeah. the, the initial build have uh, just got it working absolutely fine. But we'll see how it goes. Um, what Do you thoughts? remember the the PS the last PS3 iteration they did, which was the cheapest thing I've ever seen? And it we went from having you know like a like a disc not a disc tray but something that would suck mm. in the discs and spit mm. it out to having like a, a top. It was a top that like that was like a little oh, yeah, yeah, but you didn't like compress it and it lifted up. You like slid it across like a screen door. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was it was the cheapest looking thing. But it, you know it's great if they can reduce the price, which is surely mm. the entire purpose of this. Mm. Then that's great. You know that's a great value proposition to people who just want to play the games and don't really care how it looks yeah. or how it runs. I don't feel like we're getting that here though. Are no. We? I like the way it looks. I think it looks better than the original PS5. And since it's not got those big flaps that poke out much higher than it is, it's like quite a lot shorter than mm. the original one. Um, but I'm not going to replace my PS5 with this one. No, I'm not going to um, replace mine. I'm not going to get a new... If like mine breaks, obviously I won't have much of a choice after a while because yeah. that's all the one they're going to be selling. But I think like generally like people still haven't been able to get the original PS5. People still... Not as much anymore, but there's still people who haven't managed to get this one because one, it's still so expensive. It's very rarely on sale. Um, and like for a good few years, no one could get access to it. And the fact that they're starting it in the US and waiting for every, everyone else to sell out all of their older models, it doesn't fill me with much hope that we're not going to have the same issue with this version of the PlayStation 5 as we did with the original version of the PlayStation 5 in that it will be much harder to come by uh, to get yourself a brand new one if you want one. Um, I just think that, like you say, it should be cheaper. I think that it's very strange that they've... Well, I guess it's not strange, really. Mm. When you think about what Sony have been doing with everything that they've sold in the last few years, it's not that strange. They like to hoik their prices up quite well, a lot. That's the thing. Even if they reduce their prices, it would be seen as a PR win. And realistically, it would probably go down to the price that it was before they increased. Because it, exactly. it increased mm. in the UK and Europe, didn't it? Like yeah. Uh, yeah. like last year or earlier this year. It's like we're, we're, we are moving backwards here. Mm. We're, we are moving backwards. What do you think? Like you're, We're kind of potentially maybe halfway through the PlayStation 5's life cycle, maybe a bit less than that. And you think that like... By this point, like you say, with the PS3, with the PS4, a new version comes out, it's slightly more affordable because you're then going to have a backlog of games that are a good five years old and people will buy those PS5 games to play on their PS5 that they now own. Um, and it's it's to encourage people to continue to upgrade to the next thing. That's the whole point of a mid life cycle release is to get more people to buy your console so more people are playing your games that you've already been that you've already made for the ps5 and the fact that it's more expensive i think is the most ridiculous thing about all of this i'm fine with all of the changes they've made i think it looks better than the big one i think that it makes complete sense to have a new smaller one come out i think it's absolutely ridiculous to put it in a blog post that's insane it doesn't make any sense um but i think that it shouldn't be this expensive yeah. that's my main issue with it so I have compared the sizes of the current PS5. I, I had to take the dimensions because the, the blog post lists the dimensions and the weight and so on of the, mm. of the newer, slimmer one. Uh, and I had to take the dimensions and weight from some third-party website that had like 
listed all the information. So there is a fairly significant reduction. Uh, the ex existing PS5 disc model is 390 by 104 by 260. And the new one is 358 by 96 by 216. So that, that is a significant reduction in size. And also the current one weighs about four and a half kilograms and the new one will weigh 3.2 kilograms. So they have managed to shave off a lot, which presumably means that they're saving on parts. <laughs> and I don't understand how this is more expensive. Yes, you're going to be getting this detachable disk drive that's so random um, yeah. and also the disk drive is an ultra super mega hd blu-ray i'm sure some people watch blu-rays on their ps5 i have never watched a blu-ray on my ps5 mm. i can only assume the fact they point out how ultra it is means that the existing one isn't that i don't know well, it must be it's blu-ray at least because yeah, i mean I i've ultra watched blu-ray is a new yeah, they, new they have like right. they have special Blu-rays that are more expensive. No one watches DVDs anymore. Well, that's it. Just get a Netflix subscription. Yeah, Stop wasting Get a v VCR. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about that fuel again. Get some yeah. of that get VCR. Some VCR. Um, yeah. So I this is that's the most baffling thing. Like if you don't have one yet, I suppose you should get the smaller one, um, and also not bother with the digital version because it seems like you're just going to be ripped off. Especially if you're in the states, you're getting ripped off. Mm. Uh, it, does, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And if you've already got a PS5, there is. I mean, that's not necessarily the point, obviously, of releasing a newer model, but there's zero reason mm. to upgrade because you're you're not going to get it for any cheaper than you paid originally. If you bought any uh, side panels and stuff, they're not going to fit. Mm -mm. They're not going to be compatible, which is stupid. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that my PS5 is still running absolutely fine. It doesn't overheat. Uh, but I do have that issue that a lot of people have with the launch models, which is the like the coil whine that you can hear, sort of sometimes mm. that slightly high pitched noise that it makes. Mm. Uh, it you know you tune it out, but it is there, and hopefully that will be fixed in the new one. But this is just this is peak. I mean, I'm hesitant to keep plopping on him, but he is in charge, and it just it's peak Jim Ryan PlayStation. This whole yeah. year for PlayStation has been insane what they've been doing with the things that they've been making and the prices that they've been like sticking on stuff the psvr2 being 500 pounds then that new controller being over 100 pounds yeah this playstation portal portal thing being over 100 got a new headset coming out that's even more it's expensive it's absolutely ridiculous well, and even some of their their software their first party choices and things that are happening mm -hmm. like with the last of us and stuff it's like what are you you it's just is everything okay how much money can you try and squeeze out of us before people just say and stop they're they're not going to learn their lesson because mm. they're the they're the market leader by a yeah. considerable margin mm. and uh this is sort of why we need a stronger xbox to hopefully kick them out of this this fugue state that they're in at the moment mm. um and you know it sucks that that may come about by Xbox consolidating half the bloody industry. But if that's what it flipping takes to stop this sort of bollocks, then mm. maybe that will no, never be maybe necessary. They're, maybe they're combating. They're like, you bought Activision. Well, we're just going to have to put all of our prices up because, yeah. uh, well, what's because that? you bought that. You bought Activision. Well, guess what? We're releasing a smaller version of our console for the same price. What are you going to mm. do now, Phil? Yeah. Huh? Mm -hmm. huh? Mm -hmm. Weird. Don't, do not understand. They it's don't, very strange. They don't have to answer because they're winning. But I sort of feel like they should answer a little bit, you know? But I also, like, don't necessarily really... Th I mean, they are winning in terms of they have sold more consoles. But I don't necessarily think that they are winning... They're not winning the messaging war with, like, the, yeah. co the core gaming They're not winning their yeah. cons the consumer's kind of favor in mm. any way. Everything they, they've been doing recently, I feel like, has been... 
has been making me more reluctant to be like, yeah, I much prefer PlayStation over Xbox because at the end of the day, I feel like I'm getting much better value with Xbox. I feel like they're not trying to extort me out of all of my money. They respect me enough to not make me pay loads of money for their games and then remaster a game that's three years old just because for the lols. But then we're all going to be playing Spider-Man 2 next weekend and be like... PlayStation's great. This yeah, great. but I'm not. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that's PlayStation. I'd but, say that that's the individual developer. And like, okay, that is their first party game. But it is. But that that's precisely why a lot of people have PlayStations. Yeah. However, the the point is that these games are coming along far and less far and far less frequently yeah. than they used to. Yeah, absolutely. So we're waiting longer and longer for them. And and yet that is probably partly how uh, PlayStation justifies some of their decisions. And like, yeah, well, this might not go down well, but. <laughs> We have Spider-Man, am I right? It's yeah. like, well, yeah, you do, but it only comes around every four or five years or however long it's been, I don't know. Well, yeah. maybe five, last, five years Five now. years, yeah. The last PS5 the PlayStation exclusive was Final Fantasy 16, yes. which did go down relatively well, but hasn't had the staying power of a lot of other no, you know, really PS5 exclusives. And then I, what was the one before that? I can't think of any... It would have been some VR stuff, right? Maybe yeah, well, there's VR. Yeah, maybe that was the last decent release they had. But really, there's only been Spider-Man. The Last of Us Part 1 remake. Well, I was going to say, yeah, Naughty Dog aren't doing anything one. fresh at the moment. And no. they used to be one of the things I would say straight away. If someone was to ever question, oh, why PlayStation? I would quite happily and quickly say, well, just look at Naughty Dog's yeah. library yeah. for one thing. Obviously, we had God of War and Horizon mm-hmm. last year. And that's great. And those were great games. But... If if you were to ask me on paper, like, do you think it's worth getting a PS5 now? I I don't know if I could say yes. Not for like those prices. It's it would certainly help the argument if we knew what was coming. Yeah, yeah. because we don't. Mm. They no. had that dreadful showcase over the summer, which is meant to be the flagship thing that they do and have done all right at since they went mm. quiet on everyone. But they didn't even do that very well. Everyone was very disappointed with the live service stuff we've seen so far from them that they've teased. No one's interested in that. No. And once Spider-Man's out, what's yeah. next? What is next? Mm. Yeah. I think we are quite, as a as a collective of the three of us, we can be quite hard on Xbox in terms of like, when they make a mistake, we are very quick to point it out. But I am getting more and more annoyed at Sony as, <laughs> as time goes on. Everything yeah. that you do, I'm kind of being like, you're giving me less reasons to say that you're the better It's harder thing. to point out a mistake with Sony because they don't talk. No. That's the thing. Whereas they do Xbox blog is posts. far more, like for, for, their, for whatever mistakes they make and for whatever their sins may be, Xbox are communicating with the audience all the time. And that's a really good thing. Mm. Uh, it does make it easier to point out flaws, but it, I'd rather they actually tell us what's going on. Yeah. Whereas Sony just, they just, they sit there in silence for months and they go, Oh yeah, here's a new uh, PS5 Slim and it's the same price. Bye. Oh, it's also more expensive in North America. But and also mm-hmm. your console covers won't fit with it. Bye. It's like, what are you doing over there? Mm. Yeah. I'm yeah. very much entrenched in the PlayStation ecosystem. I always have been, but I'm very grateful for the uh the alternatives that are available to me yeah. at the moment with Xbox yeah. and Game Pass and so on and so forth. And it's, you know, Nintendo's obviously doing fantastic as well. This though, weird. Very but are you weird. gonna buy one? Have you been waiting? Is this what you've been waiting for? A slightly more revised? I suppose you, if you haven't got one yet and you were waiting for a revised, improved model, 
then yeah, but we'll wait and see what Digital Foundry yeah, says. You're waiting for a cheaper it, model. When it doesn't run. Yeah. Uh, but there we are. Thank you so much for listening slash watching to the podcast this week. We hope you're doing well at home. Uh, there's a few places you can find us around the internet, isn't there, Peter? Yes, we are at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. All of our videos go out on YouTube and almost all of our streams happen on Twitch. Occasionally there's a special one on YouTube though, so look out for that. And if you've got Amazon Prime, you're... Sorry, just, just hit the microphone. If you're paying for Amazon Prime, you're paying for all sorts of rewards. One of those things you are paying for already is a free Twitch sub. So you can spend that on us and get all the YouTube usual rewards of being subscribed at no extra cost on top of your your Amazon subscription. We have a Twitter, a Facebook, a TikTok and an Instagram on which we are at Team Triple Jump on all of them. And if you want to join our Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump for all kinds of exclusive stuff, including a main menu episode that came out last week. Mm, yes, very good. Go check it out. Triplejo.mup is our website. You can find everything there that you could possibly want, including our shop and maybe buying a cameo for Crimblus. It's coming. Mm. Holidays are coming. And new merch probably coming soon-ish for Crimblus. Yeah. yeah. Triplejumpshop.com. Why not get yourself a woolly hat or a hoodie? Or That'll a scarf. Keep your wham. Yeah, or a scarf. Or one of these track jackets. So much amazing merch there. Mm -hmm. Go check it out. Triplejumpshop.com. Why not also leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms, and we'd really appreciate it. That doesn't cost you anything to leave a five-star review. Thank you very much. Just enough time to talk about this week's sponsor once again, which, of course, is the dark and gritty reboot of Super Mario. Mm. Uh, this is... Sorry, uh, this is Super Mario's Blunder, which is sort of chronicling all of his failings in life and his brother's OD'd and it's in black and white. It's super yeah. sad and it's raining uh, and it's in the it's in the big city and it's yeah. super sad. So uh, be prepared to get very sad playing that Yeah, game. he just goes up to uh, the, the room he's rented out in the motel upstairs, turns out the lights, closes the curtains, stands on a chair and says, so long, gay Bowser. And and that's Jesus it. Christ. And Christians already spoiled oh one game God. today. I can't believe you'd spoil another <sighs> one. Uh, sorry about that. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, you'll have to play that, that when dark. it comes out next uh, next month. <laughs> yeah. He says that. He says it on the chair because he can project better from yeah. right there. And He's then he shouting got... out the window and Bowser's right, like, okay. no, look, let's be friends. And then he got, he gets down from the chair and he goes for a McDonald's with yeah. Bowser. Yeah. With gay Bowser. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks for watching Slash Lishling. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.